0: Hey, this is Allison from the Donnas, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
1: Hey, this is Richard Christie, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
0: Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Keep rocking. Yeah, this is Rob Dukes from Exodus, and you're listening to Talking Fucking Metal. Hi, this is Glenn Tibner from Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hi, everyone, this is K.K. Danning of Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal. So you know what to do. Crank it up. Hi, this is Ian Hill from Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Everybody, this is Rob Halford, the Metal God from Judas Priest, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
1: I am Dan Lorenzo from the cursed Hades nonfiction, and
2: who knows what else, and I love... Talking Metal, which is what you are listening to right now. Hello, this is Tony Iommi, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
0: Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
2: <laughs> hey,
1: this is Pickle the Drummer from Deathclack and um, you're listening to Talking Metal.
2: We are coming to you from the middle of Times Square. Literally, they've uh, just recently closed off some of these ropes and they bought a bunch of piece of junk chairs, lawn chairs. chairs. Uh, And so you can come out here and uh, sit with tourists and homeless people. Uh, A nice combination. Absolutely,
3: and you can sit right next to the senior citizens' protest against the war where we have five people with signs that say, cost of war, 5000 a second, and they're like 99.
2: Yeah, it looks like, like a senior group that are protesting the Iraq war here, although one of them is younger. Uh, and yeah, about, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven people there. So they are uh, we right now are in front of the ABC studios where they do the uh, what is that not the t- uh, that 's uh, good morning America right yeah right. so um, although it 's currently the afternoon and there 's no one in the studio, so i 'm not sure who is actually seeing these uh oh an eighth person just joined the protest
3: <laughs> This is hilarious, man. What I think is funny about these lawn chairs is that ten minutes before we were sitting here, there was a you know probably a homeless guy you know all dirty. Uh, New Jersey's most corrupt state in the uh, country.
2: I was happy to, to see that you weren't one of the 30 people that was uh, wrapped up in the sting. Also happy I wasn't one of the 30 people because uh, talking metal uh, and the bribes, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past us. You never know what we might do to get
3: back on TV. Um, Malibu Diner, we've been there before. That's where a lot of the business has been conducted. Oh, really? Yeah, with the uh, Hoboken mayor's been arrested, Sea mayor, Jersey City's deputy mayor, following on the heels of the the naked incident of the current mayor.
2: And then there was an assemblyman, too, down by the shore somewhere, and a bunch of uh, bearded Hasidic Jews, one even from Brooklyn.
3: Yeah, they were laundering money, and, and the people that are, you know, the prosecutors are saying, this is not about politics or religion, but everybody that got arrested were either politicians or religious people.
2: Yeah. So anyways, to the music, guys. Uh, Thanks for joining us on Talking Metal. We have a great guest on today's show, Brendan Small. Gives us a great television show that John and I both love, Metalocalypse. Currently going to its third season. I have the first two seasons on DVD. If you guys haven't seen the show, you should actually get them. I believe jason jayhawk turned me on to this show way back when he sent me uh the season one on on dvd and i I just loved it and uh started watching season two when it was on i actually just picked up the season two dvd and season three will be coming to the adult swim uh cartoon network television station uh, soon i guess
3: yeah, I love the show. It reminds me of a modern-day cartoon version of Spinal Tap because there are so many great, crazy metal, almost cliche things that happen. And the, the funniest thing is that on the last episode that I watched, one of the guys had a summer cold and he thought that that was actually worse than a bunch of. Hey, we got another news news reporter over here. Uh, he thought that that was actually worse than a bunch of people who were accidentally killed at a, a Death Clock concert. So. Or, or killed or maimed or something like that.
2: Yeah, great show. If you haven't seen it, if you like like to laugh and you like metal music, this is definitely a show for you, Metalocalypse. And we will get into that shortly. I did want to mention that uh, every Tuesday night on TalkingMetalLive.com, BionicStregalRadio.com, you can catch John and I. We do the Talking Metal Live radio show at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m., pacific coast time on talkingmetallive.com and that includes a lot of exclusive content that you don't get here on the podcast so definitely tune in to the streaming talking metal live radio show i had fun last tuesday
3: yeah we actually had a really good show not that we we don't always have good shows because we do but uh this one in particular was really fun and i think bud friendly was a little out of the out of it that day
2: I tell you, uh, Arun was there, Bud Friendly's friend, and at one point I went to the bathroom, and uh, it definitely smelled a little Bud Friendly in there, and I'm not talking about uh, farts. <laughs> that may explain it, but, yeah, I-, I love it when Bud
3: Friendly's in a rare mood. That was, that was Bud Friendly at his finest. and um, Or highest. Yeah, yeah highest. Uh, without a doubt, man, maybe Arun was a uh, negative influence on Bud Friendly.
2: Uh, probably the other way around, but uh, who, who knows? Uh, it was great having those guys down. Of course, Eric Bones of Steel, Eric Steel, a.k.a. Bones of Steel, had to cancel uh, because his grandmother died. I believe, uh, eh, I won't say it, but uh, so our hearts and uh, prayers go out to Eric and his family.
3: However, Eric was on Facebook shortly after that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he seemed to be in uh, on uh the, in the in the uh, what do you call that the uh, iChat uh, not our chat room but the iChat throughout the whole show I noticed so um, who knows but he may have been out at Nashville where his uh, grandmother uh, had lived and, and again passed away so hopefully Eric will be with us maybe next month on Talking Metal live or maybe next week who knows
3: that is crazy how your iced tea is completely wrapped in saran wrap I've never seen that
2: That was because it was delivered uh, to uh, where I'm working, and I actually have to get back to work, working on some uh, sci-fi stuff.
3: Yeah, me too. Have to head in to handle some very pressing
2: Nickelodeon business. Cool. And right now we're going to bring you a little death clock here on TalkingMetal.com. Thanks for joining us, guys. Go buy Metalocalypse on DVD, out now. No doubt about it, Brendan Small
3: is one of the coolest people we've had on Talking Metal. We love the show Metalocalypse, and the Death Clock music is really great, guys. So if you haven't actually heard the band, which I'm sure you guys all have, make sure you make it a point to listen to Death Clock and watch the shows, DVR them, do whatever you got to do, videotape them, VHS
2: or beta. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into a little music right now. We'll follow that up with the interview. And end today with more music. We're going to end the show with Duncan Hill Coffee Jingle, which is a, a definitely great, funny rockin' song. But uh, yeah, anyways, here's the interview right after this little theme song music right here.
3: Astronomy here at the Gibson Guitar Showroom, New York City, with Mark, of course, and Brendan Small, our favorite animated dude
1: from Metalocalypse. I'm so impressed you said the name right. right. Thank you. Yeah, it's a it's a made up word because we wanted to call it Death Clock, and then I get what I get is like Metal Octopus, uh, Metal Lobster Tits. <laughs> no, no, people come up and they say they say to me like, um, "Hey, man, Brandon Small's creator." <laughs> Created of my favorite shows, Home Videos and Metal Gakabits. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's like uh,
2: like Derek
3: Smalls. I think that's where they really got that. Yeah, yeah, something
2: like that. <laughs> so the follow-up record is about to come out, appropriately titled Death Album 2. Will this be music from Season 2 primarily? Yeah, it's going to be...
1: Um it's it's the second season so I I did pretty much what I did in the first record which is I gathered a whole bunch of songs and I just tried to elongate them you know I had you know it's this weird step writing process where I write the, enough music to get it done for the show then I take it I take it later and I add extra sections try to figure out where it can go but this one it's pretty much the same kind of thing it's it's less songs but longer songs and faster and more brutal in some ways and then more melodic in a lot of other ways too and uh, it still sounds like Death Clock. It's a little, you know, but just a little bit. It's the second record, so I learned a lot between the two records. The, the process is, uh, I kind of knew what to expect. The first record is about me going in there going, hey, I get to make my own record. That's pretty cool. The second one kind of exists in relation to that. So um, I'm happy with the way it turned out. I think it's gonna be, It's a really cool one. So, So there's a lot of stuff. There's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that didn't make it to the record. But that means I get to put that on a record
2: later on. So... And season three is on the way. You're going from the shorter, like ten to twelve minute episodes, to full thirty minute episodes or twenty three yeah, yeah, minutes with yeah, commercials. Just, yeah, exactly. So, is that easier or harder?
1: I thought at first I was like, you know, this show has characters, and that's all you really need to have. Expand into a half hour show. I, I came from a half hour world before Metalocalypse, and uh, I, uh, I just I wanted to turn this into uh, from a pretend show to a real show. You know, and make it live in a half hour, and it's much more difficult. I should have stayed to the shorter format because I created so much more work for myself than I. I was. Uh, I already had enough work to do, but now I've got more. And um, so we're doing uh, ten episodes, half hours, and uh, it, it's turning out really good so far. I'm very happy with the way that it's kind of growing in this this time slot and working uh, as a TV show, and still being brutal and metal, fire, tits, blood, guitars. You know, all the stuff that makes it cool.
2: Dr. Roxo returning for season three at all? Dr. Roxo will return.
3: (laughs) Now, I wanted to ask you a question. What was it like recording and doing this with King Diamond, one of the coolest ever musicians?
1: Well, that was like, I mean, right when the show and me and uh, the co-creator Tommy Blaschis started talking about it, we were like, you know what, we have to create a world that kind of makes sense. We can't start throwing every single band in there. We have to make up all the bands. We want to satirize the whole kind of world of, of music and, and all that stuff and create our own thing. So if you start throwing the actual Guar in or the actual Metallica in, it's it's just going to start, I think it's going it's to start having diminishing returns. And I almost don't want to see that. I'd rather see something that's kind of cool to the people that know about metal. So I'd like to sneak in all of my heroes and have them do voices. and. Give them an opportunity to be funny and, and which i don 't think they get to do all the time, and you know you don 't want King Diamond to tell jokes on stage <laughs> you know, maybe you do i 'm not sure um, actually now I, now that I think about it, I do want King Diamond to go on stage and I just send the band home and just do some jokes. <laughs> um, I, I like you said that
3: uh you called them up and weren't sure really how to yeah, ask
1: for him and said, Hello, is King Dine in there? Yeah, I asked well it was I, I got in touch this is the the best story I have is that you know, i you know, when you work in a cartoon it's just basically you work in a little office with a bunch of sweaty nerds who have action figures on their desks and stuff like that and they smell like clay and uh and BO and you don't get to really, like, do anything cool, you know? Like, uh, so so uh, I, I, we d- went and recorded Metallica, Kirk, and James, and they were very, very cool, very professional, very nice, and did a great job. And then they're the ones that put me in touch with King Diamond, so their management put me in touch with King Diamond, and I asked them, what do I call him on the phone? Is there, like, uh, you know, uh, m- my lord? You know, like, I didn't know what <laughs> to... Yeah, the king. Um So, yeah, so uh, a voice answers, hello. And I was like, and it wasn't, it was a female voice, and I was like, okay, uh, this may sound weird, but is is King Diamond there? (laughs) I never thought I'd be asking that. (laughs) Is King Diamond there? And it turned out he was. Brandon from Death Clock, hey, how's it going? Very nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, He was really cool. So, um, he was, uh, he, he got it, he understood the show, and. What I had him do was, sometimes I'll do this is you know, we try to line up our show with, we try to tell the story first, we try to make sure it, it functions, and we don't want to just cram it in with special guests just to satisfy, even though that's, I mean, the fat 15-year-old inside of me, that's all I want to do. But I, I'm burdened with the the task of making the show function and work, and then kind of like bringing in some voices to go like, okay, we haven't cast that guy over there, we haven't cast that person over there. We have these kind of temp voices in there for now. But you know who's coming in town right now? Enslaved. So let's go check them out. See if they're see if they're interested at all. If they're not totally fine, I don't want anyone to do something that they're not excited by. And everyone that we've put on the show has been excited by the idea of doing a cartoon voice because I think there is that music and comedy thing that kind of goes back and forth. And fortunately, I get to do both. King Diamond did all of his um, voices in in Texas uh, at the studio that he usually goes to to re- make his records. So. Um, so I told him, I just walked him through the whole process. I said, if you have, I mean, the ultimate voiceover guy in metal has got to be King Diamond because he's got, like, 30 voices he can do from, you know, from these little whispering ones to the big, huge operatic, you know, like, all that stuff. So I said, use your own discretion. But I sat with the script, and he, like, wrote and took notes and a- asked all the questions that an, a- an actor would ask about, like, stuff. Do you want me to do it more this way? Or where is this guy coming from? Is he angry? Is he, like, all the stuff, that, you know, just to find out. But he knows all that stuff. You know, they're all, you know, they're all... They're all a bunch of carnival barkers at the end of the day, like all the metal guys. Like, they know show business. They know how to sell it and go on stage. And there's the smoke, and then there's the fire, the blood, the tits, and the guitars, and all the cool (laughs) stuff that makes stuff cool, you know? And then here's also some badass music on top of everything. So, yeah, go ahead.
2: Speaking of action figures on the desks, I have uh, a ton of action figures all over my desk. I work at the Sci-Fi Channel, actually. And I have to ask you what it is like working with Mark Hamill.
1: Oh, he's awesome. He's just as awesome as you'd hope he would be. Like I remember the first day we were doing the voices, because uh, we he did he actually auditioned for the show, which is the weirdest thing. Because I'm like, you know, you're in. I don't need to. But we got like Mark Hamill did audition, and we're like, he's on this thing, and I was like, great, let's hear him. And he had what we wanted to do was just make sure we had some kind of older sounding voices, you know. And his voice sounds a lot older than he is, right. and this old and gravelly kind of sounding voice, but something that sounds nothing like Luke Skywalker, you know. Um, and, uh, he just nailed the thing and it was exactly the take that I had in my head and I went and met him and he, in the lobby when he was coming to do the actual record and he put down the magazine and looked at me and I just, I almost had a heart attack. I was, I was, I nerded, I kept it together. I didn't want to, I'm like, I'm going to be working with this guy for a while so I can't, I can't, uh, I can't start Star Wars geeking out over him. And that was the rule. And I told everybody on the show, I said, listen, this poor son of a bitch is getting it from everywhere. Let's let this be the one place where we don't talk about the Force, lightsabers, <laughs> Dagobah, yeah. X-Wing fighters. Right. Just be cool, all right? Bring up Corvette Summer. That's cool. <laughs> Bring up the the big red one. That's cool. But don't, don't do the other stuff, all right? And so when he does start talking about Star Wars stuff, we're all like, yes, Mark, what else? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, but every once in a while when I'm directing him, I'll say, like, okay, that's a good take. Do this one more like... Just do this one more like your X-Wing fighters crashing on Dagobah and you can't find R2. Go. Yeah. So you are picking up a really cool Gibson Explorer
3: today, and I've noticed that you really are into Explorers, much like Mark.
1: Yeah. I love Explorers. It's like the ultimate metal guitar, you know? And, you know, Hetfield played one, and tons of metal dudes play them, but uh, they also sound really great, you know, just like out of the box. Um, The first Explorer I got, just like, just with the pickups intact and just the tuning, you know, you can play it and it just sounds really good. It's got a lot of bite and everything. And I've been a Gibson fan for forever. My first guitar was an Epiphone. Um, it was this Epiphone with this double cutaway Les Paul Epiphone. It was all black with like a black ebony fretboard. And I had this, it had the select EMGs, which were like the passive EMGs. And then it had, a, it had a Steinberger tremolo system that you could lock into place. And it had this little Allen wrench thing. Uh, that you put the whammy bar and you just place it in gently and then you tighten this Allen wrench that's like okay. about like a hairline Allen wrench and immediately the first day I stripped it all <laughs> and uh, every time I bent over my whammy bar would fall off so oh, I no. so I locked it into place and I stopped using the whammy bar like right around then but um but yeah that's that was like kind of my first foray of the world of Gibson Epiphone style guitars
3: now has there been talk about you having a signature Gibson?
1: We've been talking to um, Gibson about that stuff. So there are designs in place and they're showing me something soon. And I, I'm, I, that's where I start drooling. I'm like, I don't even care about the show. I just want to see, I want to see, like, I don't know, the, the egomaniac inside of me wants to see my show logo on a guitar somewhere and make it a cool guitar at the same time and affordable and playable and all that stuff, you know?
2: Very cool. Excellent. Well, Brendan, thanks so much for joining us. And before we go, is it possible to get Pickles to uh, do a talking <laughs> metal ID for us? All right. Hey, this is Pickle the Drummer
1: from Death Clack, and um, you're listening to Tack Tackin' Metal. Uh, yeah. From
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was, uh, My favorite line, I'll tell you this. For your coffee from
0: the hills of Colombia.